BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bikes. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here's your host, Kyle Armstrong. Welcome to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. And this week, we're going to have cheeseburger Brian Mullis on here with us. And he uh, picked up his biggest win a couple of weeks ago at Cherokee Speedway. And he's been wanting to do this for a long time, coming on this Forward Bike Podcast. And uh, I guess uh, you winning that race kind of kind of made your uh, made made me give you a call there so uh, what's been going on man uh ever since that race we've been doing the same thing we do every do we do every week uh work our 7 to 4:30 job and come home to work on race cars yeah there you go you uh you and your dad's been doing this a long time and I've known you of for a long time and I, I remember when you first started well i remember when you first started in cars i know you kind of started in go-karts we can talk about all that but uh man you uh you 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 guys have been racing conse- consecutively for for a number of years about your whole life i guess and you don't know no other way i guess no uh, i'm 31 and i started whenever i was about five uh my brother jerry and my other brother billy they and my dad they kind of started it all when we moved to Fort Mill at DC Cartway, paid $5 and you raced your heart out for a trophy. And we've been going hard at it ever since. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. You, uh, you know, your brother, Jerry, he is synonymous in go-kart racing. If you, if anybody talks about go-kart racing and that, and that's just a whole nother realm of people, you know, that, that race go-karts, but he's in the, He's one of the names that gets mentioned a whole lot whenever you talk about big go-kart races. He's won, uh, he's won more big money races in go-karts than, than you've won probably put together in your dirt late model career, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. They call him the Iron Man. He's won, uh, I guess it's a hundred lap go-kart race and they had live pit stops. He, and they can switch drivers and whatnot and, he won it two years in a row and never switched a driver, just came in and got fuel. He also, he's got a whole lot bigger win than I do. He's got a 50,000 to win. Uh, at, they had a go-kart race at Ponderosa that paid 50,000. I think it was the insane one or something is what they called it. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah. And, That's still been uh, about 10 was, years ago. Yes. Yeah, the years go by, man. They get they're they're going by quick. Uh, but I'm beyond proud of what he's became in the karting world. And hell, he's won he's won in four cylinders too. He's driven my car whenever we had a four cylinder, and I've raced him in the V8. He drove Chris Steele's car one time, and 
just who he is and who his name is and what, what he strives for because he's really good with the junior drivers and getting them up to speed and getting them fast and winning and good with his, his adult drivers and himself. And his, sometimes he puts himself before others and he just likes to see everybody succeed. And that's the big thing. Yeah, and it seems like he sort of made a career around this, uh, around the cart industry. I mean, we're here to talk about you, I guess, but it's pretty impressive that he has kind of uh, got into that deal and he's, you know, prepping tires for everybody. And I don't know if he's behind the wheel as much as he used to be right now, but it's uh, it's been pretty interesting to see what all he's doing. Yeah, it is. And like I said, I'm, he's my idol and, I look up to what he's accomplished, and I still want to get a bigger win than he has. So we got one close to it. Uh, hopefully, one day maybe we get a fifty-one thousand. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you can do it. Uh, it just takes uh, takes time and money and effort. But uh, let's talk about that biggest win of your career there a couple of weeks ago at Cherokee Speedway. You. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, what did you think about that video that we had on the Speed Sport channel there? I think it was awesome. I think a lot of people love the uh, final touch on it where it said it's hot as hell and it's time to go drink beer, which I could have actually done a little bit of that after the race. That It was so hot that weekend, and we had 96 hours of Cherokee. We... It's just hot, man, and it was hot in that car. We had 100 laps and had a day race. It's just hard to stay hydrated and not to not feel like crap after. And I, it took me about two hours to where I could stand without being dizzy. We, I mean, we did everything to not feel that way. But on Monday, it got a little bit better and then Tuesday we were actually finally able to celebrate so let it sink in a little bit which made it even more special yeah that was like a NASCAR race on a hot Sunday afternoon there at Cherokee Speedway I mean it was the hottest day I can remember ever at a race at Cherokee Speedway I don't know what the records books say but it had to be and uh and in fact uh I me and my dad we were coming home from Florence Speedway we went to the North-South 100 on Saturday night, and uh, we came home that way up 85 out of Spartanburg, and we thought uh, we was going to stop and watch the race. Well, I was watching it on the stream. Y'all's cars were lined up on the front stretch. When we go down, we're on 85, and the exit ramp is closed for some reason at exit 96 there, going northbound. And uh, instead of going up there and going through Blacksburg and backtracking and all that, I said, well, we're almost home. Let's just go on home and watch it in the air condition. And sure enough, we got home and watched, uh, got home and it was like, y'all done run 20 laps or something like that. And I'm like, great, I'm going to watch this race. And, uh, when I was glued to the TV, it was an exciting, uh, I mean, I don't know about exciting from where you were at. It had to be hot, but that thing took a long time. And I was just saying, it's like a NASCAR Sunday afternoon race and it had to be the hottest day in history at Cherokee Speedway. Yeah. I mean, other than the heat, like. The first 50 laps kind of went quick. Uh, they put us, they told us they, if we get at least past lap 40, they're going to just go ahead and do the, the break. Um, so we had the, the break at lap 42. Uh, a lot of people pitted. I looked at my tires. Um, I had my buddy Ronnie Mosley down there. 
and his brother Travis, they were helping my dad. And so he was filling up, and I was looking at tires and trying to drink some water. And I was like, look, I told my dad, I said, I got five laps left. That's all I got out of these. I said, whether it's five laps or a caution, um, in five laps, there's going to be a caution. And uh, so we went back green, and luckily, luckily enough, we they wrecked on the restart. And I think we kind of snuck into the to the pits and changed tires because nobody else came in. Like I said, I think there was close to eight or nine that came in under that break, but you had to go to the back. So we get we get tires on it and. We had we bought two, two right rear uh, the NLM T4s, and we bought two NLM T3s for the right rear or for the left rear. That's the only ones we had all weekend because we don't run this around here. So we ran probably the tires we put on the break. We probably had 50 practice laps from Thursday on them, and they held up, man. Uh, we were running around the top. All weekend, I'm kind of glad it went to a Sunday race instead of being a Saturday race because it would have just been wide open around the top. Yeah. Uh, whenever it's like that, it's just so hard to pass on the bottom. But day races at Cherokee have gotten pretty damn awesome. Yeah, it's got me looking forward to like the blue gray 100 coming up and that kind of stuff. But I guess what I was saying, you know, we went we went right on by the racetrack there and. Like I kind of, half of me wanted to stop. Half of me just wanted to get on home because we'd been going all weekend. But had I known you was going to win that race cheeseburger, I would have, uh, I would have made sure I would have stuck around and got to, got to be there to, to, to drink a beer with you after that thing was over. Because that was, uh, yeah, that was cool to see you win that race. I didn't, uh, don't think I expected it, I guess. Yes, sir. Uh, a lot of people from, after winning that race that came up to me, we're like, look, we didn't even have you picked. And I've won a lot of races at Gaffney, whether it be Crate Sportsman, Crate Lake Models in my, let's say, heyday with my 2015 car. We got a 2022 right now because I totaled my 2020 last year. And we've been still trying to figure it out because... We were in the 602 in the 2015 car, and I don't have to do anything different than I would in a 20 and with the 604 to a 602. I run the same stuff, other than it's just the shocks. But I can put the 604. Last year, we put the 604 after I totaled my 2020, went out there and won, and it was just amazing. So, yeah, like I went into that race, held on Friday, we were we were tickled to death. Me and my dad were just to even make it in through the heat race, not have to worry about running a V-Mate. Able to sleep in a little bit so we didn't have to get out in the heat too quick. Just to thrash on the race car to get ready for a V-Mate. So I think that helped out. Um, and then it's just endurance. You just 100 laps, you, you try to go a little bit, and then you ride, and you ride a little bit more and then you get a break and you can regroup a little bit and go from there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It was cool to see you win it, and like you like you mentioned there, you know, people didn't think it didn't have you picked, and uh, you know, if there were odds on it or something, you'd have had to be uh, you'd have had to be a uh, dark horse there to win that race. But uh, but what do you think that does for your confidence and everything going forward? There's some more big rate, big crate races coming up toward the end of the season here. I think uh, are y'all going to go try to hit some of those? I think Alltech usually has one, and of course the big weekend at Charlotte and. Just some stuff like there. Y'all going to try to branch out and go do some of that? Man, I'd love to. Uh, like I said, I work 7.45 to 4.30 every day, Monday through Friday. I have some second shifts. We got to work. So it'd be hard, but this win was huge for my family. I would definitely like to be able to go run some more of the big races. We had a lot of issue with our, our truck at the beginning of the year. So we haven't really ran, I don't know, 15 races. Normally we'd have probably 30 um, by now, but it's just hard with work schedule. And then you have your truck, but we got that figured out. So this definitely helps. Uh, definitely like to try to go to WIT maybe Sunday if everything works out. And just got a lot going on. Um, I mean, you never know where you'll find us. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing, too, that uh, I don't think a lot of people realize, and maybe they do realize, but you you and your dad kind of do this by yourself, and you've got a few people that help you every now and then. But, I mean, y'all are not some big-time, uh, big-dollar race team. Y'all are uh, – and I don't, I'm not saying that in any disrespect. I mean, I, I think – I mean, I say that in the highest regard. Like, you guys are really uh, – really old school the way you guys race and it's uh it i gonna keep coming back to that win but it was really impressive to get that win but i i just think that that's just gotta gotta boost your confidence a little bit and maybe hopefully you can go run some of them other races like i mentioned yeah it definitely does and you're right i mean it's my mom and dad they put everything they have into my racing as long as i want to race they'll they'll be able they'll give me what i want this year and the past year, we haven't had like really anybody at all be able to put money. We've never been good with like holding sponsors um, or getting sponsors. I don't know. I'm just not one of those guys that just begs for money. I'd rather you give it because you think I'm good enough that you want me to re represent your name. So. Boost, yeah. I mean, we we won that twenty thousand and it was seventy five hundred to win uh, at Lancaster the following week, and we went out there. And I'm, I'm telling you, I didn't change anything on the car from the main event, um, and went out there. All we did was change gear, and it was a different tire rule. We were good. We we were third quick and hot lap, qualified third, we ended up finishing third in the race. I mean, at Lancaster's kind of really hard to pass. Uh, we got around the bottom, which is odd. Uh, normally, it's around the top or the middle. So, still a good a good weekend following that twenty thousand, and I definitely can't complain. Uh, I'm definitely figuring out this new car, and I feel really comfortable with my decisions on what to do with it. So we'll we'll see how the year ends. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh. Good to see you on an upswing right there. Well, let's talk about uh, in here in the past few years. You and you mentioned Ronnie Mosley and Travis Mosley, and 
we've uh, we've seen you at Eldora come up there for to take a little bit of vacation time. Is that something you're going to do again next week? I'll be there, of course. Yeah, I wish, man. Uh, I actually got to work uh, next week, so I get Monday off, but uh, we'll celebrate the Labor Day with with family and friends and uh, take a little break on Monday and get back to it. Yeah, I somehow convinced my uh, my employer to let me go up there and it kind of works out kind of a work-related trip slash vacation, I guess. So I don't know. It's That's going to be fun, but I do know that whenever I get back on that following Monday, uh, it, there's going to be a lot of work to catch up on. So, so uh, But I'm going to enjoy it when I go when I'm there for sure. Yeah, you you got to enjoy it, man. It's just tough for right now and where I'm at with uh, my position. It's it's hard to get it's hard to get days off unless you plan a year ahead. You know, you never know what's going to happen in two or three days. So it makes it a little tough, and that that kind of affects the racing a little bit too, um, especially at the beginning of the year because we wanted to travel a little bit more this year, but. But like I said, we had those track issues, so we were scared to to go too far away from home. And I mean, hell, there was three weeks in a row we couldn't even make it to Gaffney. So uh, we got all that behind us, and uh, we're looking forward to ending the year on a, on a good note. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, i i had uh, I had Miles Moose on here a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about his occupation. He's actually a uh, windmill, uh, one of those windmill like technicians up in Illinois where he's from. And I thought that was just fantastic. Or just, I don't know, something different to hear. So tell the listeners what you do for a living. I work for uh, Piedmont Natural Gas. We're owned by Duke Energy. And I'm a uh, service technician for uh, so I do everything. I'm around customers every day. I do appliance work, set meters. Do we have cut lines like crazy in Charlotte? Um, so we're cut lines basically every day, repairing those gas leaks. Uh, it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, a lot of people are scared of the natural gas, and it can be dangerous. I mean, we just had unfortunately had which it wasn't us. It was a different natural gas company had a house explode but uh like i said man it's during the week work week i love what i do i used to work for wesley page and built shocks worked on race cars took the trash out mopped i did it all and uh what i do now man i wouldn't trade it i wouldn't trade it for anything it's a good getaway during the week yeah, and it's a it's a good solid uh, good solid paycheck, and you got a good probably got a good uh, set of benefits there and everything like that. So you need to stick that out for sure. And uh, racing racing just comes second, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm a got my own house. I got a I got a pet bull. I got to take care of and a house to take care of, and so that so that takes care of all that and. Luckily, like I said, my parents do all they can for my racing career, so I don't have to worry about any of that. I can just work my ass off during the week and go have a little bit of fun on the weekend. That's right. Me and you have had a little bit of fun over the years, I'd say. We uh, 
we've we've known each other for a long time. Where do we, where do you? I can't remember. Where do you think we first met or whatever? Shoot, man, I that's I remember right. the track tracing photos days. Uh, that's right. That had to be that had to be where we met was whenever you were going around promoting track tracing photos. You were a big ass Mike Messer fan. Um. <laughs> probably the best memory we have and it keeps popping up on my facebook every now and then is uh whenever we had the old fish fry at the world famous <laughs> Cole gillum's house yeah. i think it was me your brother chris ferguson colt and a couple other people and uh they had just caught that fish like the day before and we went out and they they cooked it all up and we ate good and had a damn good time yeah that was a good feast that day that was a real that was a lot of fun for sure man yes, sir. I, I wish they'd have that again that was george that was uh george hood that's uh colt's neighbor down there man he uh he put it on us down there that yes uh, sir he had that uh muscadine wine that he made made oh, himself gosh. and you didn't know what you were getting into Oh gosh, yeah, that's the, that's some bad memories on that. But uh, <laughs> I I remember though taking pictures of you back in uh, back when you were getting started there at uh, at Carolina Speedway. I sold you some pictures, and then I I really got to really liking you a lot and your family and your dad and everything. And I decided one year to to sponsor you, and it wasn't much. I like I gave you like fifty bucks, I think, and you put my decal in your car. And I really didn't even have the $50 to give you at the time. I mean, I was just, I don't know why I did it, but I, I, I did it out of the kindness of my heart, I guess, you know, and then at the end of the season, I printed out some big uh, poster size wall hanger pictures and gave them to you at the banquet there at Carolina Speedway. And, and I guess that was really, uh, we've been friends ever since that for sure. But even before that, and it's, uh, I've always appreciated your friendship. We don't get to see each other and hang out as much as we used to, but Cause we're so busy, but man, we, we definitely had some times. That's right. And yeah, you're probably the first sponsor in cars I ever had. I think we were running great sportsman by then. I had ran three or four or five years and four cylinder. And yeah, I mean, hell, like I said, anything helps that, that what you did helped. And those pictures are still hanging up in my parents' garage where we keep all the trophies. They're right beside all the trophies. We had them framed and everything. So uh, don't think they're just sitting around collecting dust. They're actually being put to use. You see them every time you walk through the garage. Oh, that's cool to hear. Yeah, that's that's cool to hear. I'm glad y'all still got them and are still cherishing them and looking at them. Yes, yeah, sir. Those are some, some good times. And it was a lot easier working on those cars and compared to a late model, whenever you get into a late model, man, it's, it's a job itself. Just, you gotta always nowadays, you gotta keep working on your, on your stuff or you're going to get behind. And I've learned a lot this year, probably than I have in the past couple of years, just with this new car. I mean, my 602 car, I, it don't matter what I do. That thing's fast. I mean, I can, I can do everything to just screw it up and it'll still be fast. So everybody's tough in crate late model 604s. I mean, you're racing the best, just like we did at that 20,000. I mean, you had Mark Whitener, you had Jesse Lowe and Josh Deets. I mean, them boys came from 
everywhere to run that race and Chip Randall. Hell, I looked up to Chip Randall. I, I pulled for him whenever he was first started uh, really running good in supers. Didn't even know who he was. Just kind of liked my name and outrun him. It was, it was pretty special to outrun the guys that did was was awesome man because they're they're top tier and like jeremy still he had some bad luck but at least one what two five thousand american all-star races or one at cherokee and one at volunteer and they can go anywhere and run up front just like dylan brown and his brother jacob all those boys can go anywhere and run up front to be able to beat them at cherokee and outrun them pass them on the high side is, is pretty special yeah, you're right. That's a lot of uh, a lot of names that, of course, you and I know, but I'm sure the average uh, race fan out there or whatever, those may not be household names, but I'm telling you what, that's a lot of talent right there and uh, and, and that's racing these great late models. And it's no slouch fields. I mean, the B-Mains, just that race that you won down there at Gaffney, just the guys that didn't make it out of the B-Mains, and I'm not going to name drop anything or whatever, but – they were some household names that didn't make the field down there that day. So it was a tough deal just to get in the show and a lot of cars and whatnot. And I, we keep talking about it and bragging and I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm just excited that you won that race and we ain't really had time to talk about it yet. But anyway, that's, that's, yeah, you beat a good field of guys down there to say. The yeah. Least. And, and I forgot one guy and he's probably been the toughest SOB to beat in the past two or three years now is John Regario. And he, they, him and his dad are on their stuff, whether it's 602, 604. Whenever they show up on their open trailer, you know, that's, that's who you got to beat. And I mean, just to kind of be like under the spotlight the whole weekend, I had people come up. Our car was really good in the heat race. And I had a lot of people come up uh, to me after the race. Me and my dad were just debriefing, just talking about it, having a beer. And, uh, I mean, there was so many people just, man, your car looked good. We finished second, but they were like, man, your car looked good. And I was like, it felt good. Like, I didn't really have to do anything. And I didn't change anything for Saturday. I took a little bit of load out of my right front and raised my spoiler, put some fuel in it, and... That was it. I didn't want to over adjust because I knew the track had a lot of grip. So that's, that's the thing. Like whenever we were real fast with my 2015 cars, like if I did too much, we would be way off. And whenever we were really good, really fast, I barely had to ever do anything. So uh, like on my right front, I'll put it this way. I took a 16 packer out and took, around out of my lockout nut. I was on a stack. And I mean, that's that's all I did. I straightened my spoiler up, put some fuel in it and let it let it go. <laughs> Man, you know, you talking about some of these adjustments and stuff, it's it's really gotten very technical in it and it would really it would really be discouraging for somebody like just me, for instance, to just up and say, Well, unless I just had endless money that I'm just gonna start and get a late model and go racing because you just got to have so much equipment. You got to have these spring smashers. You got to have, you got to have a shop and you got to have the tools and you got to have all the spare parts and everything. But, but you, you've came around at the right time and whatnot to where y'all accumulated all this stuff over the years. But 
man, I really feel like it would really be hard to just start from scratch these days. Like I said, unless you just had the funds to do it because it takes a lot to, uh, to, to put one of these cars on the track nowadays and, and a lot of knowledge. I mean, it's not even about the money. It's just the knowledge of what, you know, to put, uh, to put the setup on the car and everything to go out there to, to compete. Yeah. I mean, hell, I'm still learning. I learned a lot working for Wesley page and I can still throw, I can go over there and still throw ideas about what I think. And then they'll be like, ah, well, I don't know, but it'll point me in the right direction to, to what I'm saying. And we can make it work, which is awesome to have that me and him still have that relationship. Um, he's only five minutes down the road. Uh, like I said, I mean, I hate changing a bunch of stuff. I don't really like moving bars up and down and feel like I'm fighting the car the entire night. I, I, I like having a good baseline on the car to where I just have to tweak a little bit and then put it back into myself to make the car make up for the rest instead of just trying to get the car to do and then I got to figure out how to race the car. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's important. I feel like you got to kind of come to the racetrack prepared and have a pretty good setup on it to begin with. Cause you don't, and it's always been that way, but you don't get much practice, uh, you know, and it's, uh, you got to be game on when you unload at these places, you don't want to be making no wholesale changes. If you go to a big race somewhere and you see somebody coming in there after hot laps and they, they're, they're changing shocks and this and that and the other, you probably, would be safe to probably count that guy out most times yeah and i that's where i was probably at the beginning of this year and all through last year with that whenever we had that 20 uh i was changing stuff every week man i couldn't figure it out i couldn't get a balance and then i started to kind of figure it out and uh broke the rack on the coming out of turn three at gaffney and hit the outside wall pretty much at uh, full speed and that's all she wrote on that one. Uh, I don't know if that was a saving grace for us. Or yeah, it cost us a bunch just to get get back into the 604, get us another car. We really had to save up for it. So I'm happy with where I'm at right now. So and where my my new car is. Um. I don't know. I, I got my baseline. So that, that makes me the happiest is whenever I know I can, like I said, I'm from going from that 20,000 win race, loading the car up. We, we had a brand new 1600 right rear or a D55. I had like a five race old 21 on the right front, uh, 20 lap old left rear. I was like, they look good. That's what we're going with. And normally Lancaster, you don't have to have new tires. And we could go out there and run third. And I honestly think we had a shot to win it. It's just so hard to get by second. Um, I just feel like we're, we're headed in the right direction. And I cannot complain one bit about that. Absolutely. Yeah. You're uh, you guys are in the right direction. Well, cheeseburger, I guess that really about wraps it up for us today. And, uh, Maybe we can uh, maybe we can get together sometime down the road soon and hang out and reminisce and be like old times. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I would like to thank some people. Uh, Absolutely, yeah, I was going to say. So, so we had a, there was a 5,000 to win at Gaffney, though. I think it was a week or two weeks before that big race. Uh, we had uh, our motors like 2020. We, we haven't uh, never had it gone through. We took it early that week. He got it pushed in line and got it out for us and we got it on Wednesday and went to the track on Thursday. Earl Randy Racing just can't thank him enough. Uh, definitely my mom and dad without them I definitely would not be racing at all. Um, WP Racing Shocks, JRI Shocks, Longhorn Chassis, KB Carburetors. Uh, I really I don't have any sponsors. You can look on the left side of my door and it it's thanks mom and dad and WP racing shots. And I always, I've always kept my brother's logo on my car and it's on the right side door, superior tire management. Everybody thinks we cheat, but we don't. It's just a little tire kicker for everybody. Um, yeah, Butler built seats. Uh, I won Charlotte in 2020 and Chris Ferguson said that if you if you recommend Butler Bill, which I do, they are the best seats I've ever sat in. Uh, he's like, I'll, I'll I'll give you something, and I was like, all right. Well, I never got that opportunity, so here's that opportunity now. So Chris Ferguson listens to this. Butler Bill seats. If you don't have one, go get them. Uh, like I said, man, there's there's so many small people that don't help us, but. With if we didn't have their parts, we wouldn't be racing. Nobody, not nobody in late model racing would be racing. So I just appreciate everybody that puts anything into late model racing, and I'm glad you had me on here. It was now all we got to go do is have a beer sometime. Yeah, we can do that, and we'll go we'll go grab dinner and get a beer, hang out, and catch up. But uh, what I do hope is uh, by you being on here, your phone starts ringing and uh, some of these. Some of these companies and parts suppliers and everything like that will uh, reach out and want to offer some help to you because uh, uh, you, uh, you you carry yourself very professional, your race team and everything, and and you and your dad and I think uh, I think a I think a company would be uh, would be crazy not to work with some guys like you and I'll uh, I'll give it my recommendation as well. So uh, I appreciate you being on here tonight, Brian Cheeseburger Mullis here on the Forward Bike Podcast. I appreciate it, buddy. Well, that was another episode of the Forward Bike Podcast here on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Yeah, I just want to thank everybody here at Speed Sport, Joe Tripp, Ralph Shaheen, Rich Colbreth, the producer here. Uh, we've been doing this for about two and a half, going on three years here, and uh, I, we're going to take a little hiatus maybe, and uh, that might have been the last episode right there. But I really appreciated all the listeners, all the support from uh, from everybody over all these years, and uh um, you know, we'll, we're probably not done. We'll, we'll do something, but it's just, uh, going to take a little bit of a break from this for a little while and, uh, focus on some things, but, uh, you know, I'll see everybody at Eldora Speedway next week at the world 100. Looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, we'll have dirty grass soul up there on Wednesday night, the SRI fan jam, looking forward to seeing everybody for that. And of course the world 100. So, uh, Everybody uh, appreciate everybody's support through all these years, and uh, we'll see you down the road at the racetracks. I'm Kyle Armstrong, and this is the Forward Bike Podcast. <laughs>